Welcome, this is the Change Creator Podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Change Creator Podcast show. It's a sunny day here in Miami, and I'm excited to let you know that issue 27 with Nasreen Sheik is out now on iTunes and Google Play, and of course at changecreator.com if you like that desktop reading experience. Wow, what a powerful, powerful story from Nasreen. Um, we're really excited about this edition. We also have some incredible, motivating content from a no holds barred interview with Laura Gassner Oding. Uh, she's been rocking stages around the world these days and has her latest book, uh, Limitless, out now in Amazon. Uh, so really good content in there, guys. Uh, super inspiring. So get a chance, check that out. If you missed last week's interview, uh, it was with Mo Carrick, and she is also a rock star. She's done several TEDx talks, and um, she is she has her latest book, and it's all about um, cultivating a, a good culture in the workplace um, and making sure that it is a, a place where people can thrive. I mean, how important is that? I spoke to you know Blake Mikoski not too long ago, and this is something he mentioned too: is getting the right people in there. It's a game changer. So if you're early phase entrepreneur and you're starting to build a team, um, you know, even finding those co-founders and things like that, it's really important you to know like people come with baggage and you need to also know how to lead and cultivate an environment that will help people thrive because they are going to be your number one resource. Um, and so, yeah, building that is really important. So that's a great conversation with Mo Carrick. She has a lot of expertise to share in that area. So if, if you haven't caught it, go back, check that out. Um, it is available on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, all that good stuff. So today we're going to be talking with the one and only Sydney Sherman, and she actually is the founder of an online marketplace. Uh, the company is called uh, Fair Shop, and it is an online marketplace where they're connecting conscious consumers directly with ethical brands. She comes from a family of entrepreneurs. Um, it's in her blood. This is what she does, and she basically... She encountered, and she'll talk about this, her experience, of course, during the, the discussion, but she came across a lot of extreme poverty at one point in her life and decided to help do something to fix that problem. And that's where the Fair Shop uh, you know, was born. So she's going to walk us through it. Now, they're in their earlier years, but she's starting to build this team. She's starting to cultivate this business, and she has lots of interesting experience from that, that front lines perspective of those early years. And I think what she's doing is actually really cool, and it certainly is never easy. So uh, we'll hear about some of the challenges and successes and things that are working for her as she gets traction for Fair Shop. If you guys haven't stopped by Facebook in a while, make sure you catch us in our group. If you go to our Facebook page, you're going to get lots of good insights uh, over there. That's our primary place right now. And from there, you'll see a link to jump over to our group. And that is going to be a group to talk about marketing from a storytelling perspective. So it's storytelling strategies to grow your impact business. Um, we've been getting a good uplift over in that group, and we try to make it a, a more intimate community to really get into the, the nuts and bolts of of marketing and the power of storytelling to do that so that you can connect with people and grow your business. So jump over there. We'd love to see you guys. Um, and that's it, guys. Leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, all that good stuff. We appreciate it. And without further ado, we're going to get into this conversation with Sydney. I know you're going to 
Dig this. Hey, Sydney, welcome to the Change Creator Podcast Show. How are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing very, very good. And <laughs> I love the work that you are doing. And I'm also excited because you're just breaking into year two. And I know those early years are something of great interest to people in our audience to, to learn how you're getting through them, the ups, the downs, and all that good stuff. So um, before we get into some of your background and, and things like that, can you tell us just what's going on with uh, your business today? Yes, of course. So basically, we are a marketplace for ethically produced products. So we vet all of our vendors uh, according to the wages that they pay their workers, the working conditions, and then environmental sustainability. And so uh, the second component of that is that our vendors, our shops, uh, function very similarly to Etsy's. So we actually like promote the brands within our website and they control their own shops. So on the back end, we're trying to develop a lot of technology that can tell them a lot more about um, their businesses, like what is their best-selling product, where do their products, where are they making the most money, what marketplaces, their own store, just in any technology, like impact reports even, uh, because we found a lot of ethical small businesses aren't utilizing technology in the way they could. So it's kind of a double-sided, yeah. it's very much a double-sided marketplace. So yeah. that's what we're working on. Okay, awesome. And let's just talk a little bit about, just to ground people listening here, um, why you decided to start uh, your business. <laughs> so... It really started, I mean, I think there was something that I was always interested in around these kinds of issues. Um, and one of the, our, our main focus is on extreme poverty and how to help eradicate it. Yeah. And so, I don't know, like, you know, sometimes you just grow up with something that is like, it's like a little, like it started as a little seed probably when I was like 10. Um, but then by the time 2010 hit, I was traveling a ton and seeing a lot of really extreme poverty in mass. And that's when, like, it really started to, like, take root. And I started to think about, like, what I could do to contribute to, like, helping these issues that I was seeing. And I was also realizing, like, there was so much poverty in the world so that it had to be a sustainable solution, right? Like nonprofits, charity, they're amazing and they do amazing work and they'll always be needed on some level. But like to truly deal with the root cause of these issues, it has to be something that's self-sustaining. So that's just when I started thinking about like what I could do and like what was already out there and like how I could support what already existed. And so that's what led me to the marketplace. And did you have background um, doing other work? Like, did you do the whole nine to five for a while? Like, what was your experience in that? In that? <laughs> yeah, that's always an interesting question. So <laughs> I uh, worked for like six months and then I started a company that connected like administrative assistance by the hour to small businesses in Austin, Texas. And my parents are entrepreneurs so I guess I just grew up with that, but I have very little work experience. <laughs> um, so yeah, I ran a business for three years and then I went back and got my, always knowing that this is what I wanted to do. But at that point it was very overwhelming and I knew marketplaces had some like unique challenges as far as creating a business goes. So I went back and got an MBA in entrepreneurship. And from there I finally launched this. Okay. Um, did you find that helpful getting MBA? Or do you feel like uh, I could have I could have done this differently? 
Uh, I found it extremely helpful. I mean, it was an interesting program in the sense that it was for entrepreneurship. Um, I think with, you know, if I had worked maybe in other businesses uh, for a little bit longer than six months, of course, you know, I worked in college or high school, but not, it's not the same. So I think that given the little work experience I had and like the first business I ran was very small and very different. It was incredibly helpful just to know like what kind of existed as far as options and like yeah like we're I told you before we got on the phone like we're in the middle of a merger right now like I would not have known anything about that or how to go you know so for me it was incredibly helpful that's good yeah I'm always curious because I know you know schools don't lean in too much and I I'm seeing it more and more obviously even with just specific like social entrepreneurship um, you know, courses, programs and curriculums and stuff like that. So, um, and I haven't talked to too many people that have gone through them. So that's, you know, what piqued my curiosity when you said that. So, um, I I guess, you know, I, I, the model you have is interesting. So I want to talk a little bit just about your business model. Um, because obviously there, you're pulling in different brands and kind of becoming the face, like the, this, the collected like sales, uh, portal for them. Why did you take this approach instead of trying to develop your own products? Um, I'm just curious on the thought process around that. Sure. So I actually, a friend approached me in college and wanted me to help her start a dress company. And we did, we, we started it, we created products and I realized pretty quickly that is definitely not where I should be. (laughs) I'm not very detail oriented and it's the one thing. And I know like that would be really helpful in any business, but like, especially when producing products, like there are so many details to consider. So that was like, just not for me. And I knew that after that little experiment. But then just in general, when I started after 2010, all the traveling, I started to really like research what was happening in the industry. And what I found is that a ton of brands already existed, but uh, sales were a huge issue. It was still a really fragmented market. And there are a lot of ethical, not a lot, but there are ethical marketplaces that have been created but a lot of them were more niche. Like they mainly carried clothing, beauty, accessories, and that was kind of it. And as a consumer, I also wanted more. Like if I, I it was a lifestyle for me. Like how yeah. can I buy everything ethically? Like phone cases and cleaning products <laughs> and sweaters, gifts, whatever. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, that's what kind of planted the seed, I guess, for okay. this marketplace. Yeah. Um, and so it seems like so, and I'm only asking these questions because I really don't know how these models work. So I'm, I'm actually quite interested in learning more. And I am curious to understand, I'm sure people listening are too, is when you look at a model like this and you're going, you go out and you vet brands, <clears throat> right? You have like a certain level of like a quality standard and ethical, like, mm-hmm. um, you know, standards that you try to abide by, which is awesome. And, and anybody listening, you could see they outline this on their, on their website. And, um, so when you find a brand, you're like, Oh, I would love to help them sell this product. How do you create a partnership with them? Meaning, is this like an affiliate type, like partnership? Um, you're now selling it on your website. Can, can you just help, uh, clarify some insight around that? Yeah, sure. So it's, uh, 
basically it's not affiliate. Like they just sign up for the market, but well, we vet them of course first, if they already have a fair trade certificate, easy, we don't have to do any work, but if they don't, we know it's really expensive and time consuming. So that's always step number one. And then once that happens, we upload the products and they manage their own little like portal when they get orders, they ship everything so they can pull their products whenever they want. They can add more products if they want. Um, so it's, totally up to them. And we just take a percentage of every, um, sale. So, and there are other things we could charge for, of course, but like until we're, we're a new business, until we're really generating value for them, we're not going to charge anything. Like even any marketing we do with their products, like it's all on us for now. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's not really affiliate. They just upload and like manage little shops within our That's website. Interesting. And so you obviously had to do some, some real tech, um, I guess, work to build that kind of thing. So on the back end, it, it seems like there might be a lot of custom work or did you find technology that existed that was helpful? <laughs> <doing> that? <laughs> oh yeah, we started on, um, so back in, let's see, September, 2017 is when I started working on it. Um, by December 2017, I just threw up a Shopify site and had asked like a few brands to join us and uh, just like threw open the doors. But then we realized very quickly that there wasn't something that existed that did everything we wanted. And it was creating a lot of issues. Like our yeah. Shopify site randomly just would only sell smalls. Um, <laughs> we know it. it was like stuff like that constantly. And so uh. And we're not technical. Like I'm running a technical company and I'm not a technical person. And we're also, you know, we got investment and people are like, where's the technical person on your team? (laughs) And so it was definitely a challenge, but we did end up switching over and building our own software. And we just contracted with an awesome team that's going to help us build because I mentioned like it's two-sided. So there's a customer facing platform and then there's also like all the technology we want to offer to the vendors on the back end yeah. and they can develop all of that. So, yeah, we've become a very technical company and that was one of our first pivots. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I find that to be exciting and it is overwhelming. Like when you're when you're not a designer or, you know, a website engineer or like developer of some kind, it's like these things can they hold a lot of people back right so and and then it, if you can't do it yourself the dangerous part and for a lot of people is they have small budgets and if they don't have investment it's like how do i know it's going to actually give me an roi if i invest in this right so it's, it becomes a huge gamble so you mentioned that you actually were able to raise some dollars now so you did a seed round Yes, we did. It took me all year and was so hard. So I feel for any I mean not having money is also really hard. Like you said, like how, you know, like we wasted a lot of money on technology because we didn't know what we were doing. And we had like, I mean, you never want wasted is kind of a strong term. I know tons of people that are way more experienced business owners that have also spent money on technology that didn't pan out for them. So it's all for us, it was a rather small amount, but it felt like a lot. Um, but yeah, we raised a million dollars last year and it, it literally took me all year to do that. Well, congratulations. That's pretty exciting. Thank you. Yeah, it was, it was definitely, it wouldn't, yeah, I guess when you ask big wins, like that was <laughs> That's a, a big, big one win. for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is a, this is a huge stress point for 
a lot of entrepreneurs. Um, you know, you have mm-hmm. ideas, especially when you're doing something like you're doing, because you do need the right technology. When you have the right tools, mm-hmm. um, it works a lot better, <laughs> right? And oh, yeah. so, you know, tell us just a little bit about your experience. Like, it is a brutal process uh, sometimes uh, to to build out the, the investment process. So tell us a little bit about what what made it work for you? Some of the learning curve. I'm sure there's a lot of things just like anything, right? You can put your time in, it doesn't work. So what actually advice might you give to people listening that are looking to raise their seed round? So, I mean, first I just wrote out, like I put together a spreadsheet and wrote out like all the people that I was going to go to and like what I would ask them. Like some people it was connection. Some people, it was money. And a lot of the people I found when I was raising, they wanted to hear that ask. Like they didn't just want me to give my spiel and then like sit there. And I don't know if that is particular to the group of people I was raising from, or if that's like a thing, but they wanted to hear like precisely what I wanted from them. I made so many mistakes. I mean, my advice is like, I practice with people, very experienced business owners help me put my deck together um, everything, but like, there's nothing like just showing up. It's like doing anything for the first time. I made a complete fool of myself in the first meeting, but there was no, like, there was nothing I could have done differently. Like I just needed to get in there and hear the questions that they had. And like, everyone's going to ask different questions. So it was, it was very humbling at the beginning. Yeah, it gets intense. And um, and so were you doing more local outreach, meaning you can go in person, or were you like flying out places to meet people? No, it was all local friends and family. I mean, I think the I would I grew up in Texas, so I was going and I, I lived in Austin for ten years, but I grew up in Houston. So I had connections in both places and I was I mean, that was pretty much it, going back and forth between those two cities. But then I moved to New York, and so at that point, I didn't have any connections here. I tried to meet up with some people here. That didn't go well. It was a completely different type of fundraising that I was unprepared for, and I just I didn't have the same like connection. So yeah. I yeah. started flying back to Texas, but I was already there for other things. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, interesting. Well, I love hearing those stories because, uh, it is, it is a pain point for people. Um, and did you have like an executive summary or just went straight with the slide deck? Yeah, I had the deck. I had, um, like a one pager that had the summary, but I am like so bad at oversharing information. So our one pager (laughs) looked really crazy. I was cramming like so much in there and most of the people like, I would send them that and they would kind of glance at it, but none of our investors were familiar with ethical at all. So it was interesting. It was interesting. So like, honestly, I still wonder if they like understand what I'm doing on like a really (laughs) like intimate level or not really, you know, like they, for any business they invest in, like they don't understand it like their own businesses. Right. Right. Of course. It was better to go in person and like explain that. Yes, this is, ethical and like what that means but like also the point is to make money so that we can show that like this is a valuable business to be in whether I mean hopefully you care about people in the planet but if you don't like you can still do the right thing through a business and make money for whatever reason you want to do it 
And my last thing on this would be, is there any, as you were having these conversations, does anything stand out that would be helpful for people listening as key information um, that is helpful either during the conversation or to get their attention, to get a, a meeting? Um, I would say it's like they like to see you starting with friends and family. And it's really hard to ask those people for money. But like, for example, my grandma invested. And when she invested, I didn't even know she had money to invest. And like <laughs> other people, at first I was like, oh, I don't think people are going to think that's that impressive. But they're like, oh, if your grandma's money is on the line, like this is, <laughs> you're not like messing around. So they do, like, it's scary to ask the people you're closest to. And a lot of people won't because they're like, I still have to have Thanksgiving with them. I don't yeah. know. For me, I think it said a lot to future investors that I'm, I don't know. Um, and then also, I mean, do your research before you like reach out to someone, send a personalized email and then in the meeting, know your numbers. Like, even if it means, and you can say like, Oh, let me check. Like, even if that means writing it down and like having it next to you, just, yeah, know, yeah. know the math. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that's helpful. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's a, it's a pro big process and we've spoken to a few people who have raised, you know, several million dollars and stuff. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that did come up that you might find interesting is they would say, if you get a meeting and someone doesn't invest, you just ask either advisors or investors, if you can put them on a very exclusive email list where you do like monthly or bi-monthly updates um, to let just say, hey, here's what we're working on, challenges, successes, and you just keep updating that list. And then when mm -hmm. it's time to do a raise, everyone's kind of like, oh, I, I know exactly where you're at and I'm interested, you know? Oh, absolutely. And I've started to do every single week all, and I don't like doing this because I have a million things to do, but <laughs> it's so helpful. Every week I go through and like I connect with those people on LinkedIn and then I add them to, there's a few lists that I have. One is like the people that I'll update, like you said, with the investor stuff. And the other is a list of people like I'll write out like what we talked about and like what I could potentially ask them for in the future. And knowing that like we're in a place where we're yeah. a startup, we're asking for a lot right now, but obviously end goals like we'll be able to give back at some point. But yeah, keeping track of that is kind of a pain, but like, oh, it really pays off. It does. Yeah. That's interesting. It's, it's a powerful thing. And you're right. Like most people don't do it because it's just one of those things that uh, it's easy to say, Oh, I don't have time for that. <laughs> you know? Yep. It's um, annoying. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. But Hey, anybody listening, trying to raise money, um, it is a bit of a dance and it's kind of like, it's kind of like dating, right? So you really got to mm -hmm. get to know people and, and they may not jump on right away, but if you can get a chance to continue to earn their trust, that's a good way to do it. Definitely. Um, so let's talk a little bit. You mentioned that you're doing a merger. So like, what, what's that all about? Yeah, it's pretty crazy because we're still a really young company. But yeah. um, and mergers and acquisitions, it, whenever I was in my MBA program, we talked about HomeAway and they basically started there. It's a like kind of like Airbnb, um, but they started their uh, business by merging and acquiring other marketplaces it, like all over Europe and then all over the world. And for some reason that always fascinated me. And I was like, if I'm dealing with a truly fragmented market and I want to help take this like movement to the next level, whatever way I can, then, you know, defragmatizing, if that's even a word is like a good way to do it. So mergers and acquisitions were always on the list doing it like 
two months into year two uh, was not on the list. So yeah, I just, we were introduced by a mutual friend and kept meeting up and like, we have the same end goal, but we had taken different approaches and both of us wanted to start doing what the other person was doing. And finally we were just like, well, we could share resources and we would each have a smaller piece, but it would be of a bigger pie. Um, and it would speed up what we want to do. And like, it's at the end of the day, we evaluated, like, it's not about us. It's about the movement. And if we can help more people by doing it together, then by all means, let's do it. And how does that work? I mean, so how do you, and you don't, obviously you don't have to give all the crazy details, but how do you set up that kind of a, um, what does that look like basically? Yeah. I mean, I, this is my first time doing it. So who knows? I could, it could not work out. It could be a huge error in judgment. We don't know yet, but we basically, I put together a document and I met up with a ton of advisors, people who had done this before. And I just wrote down every question they had. And then I put together, it's like a 10 page document with everything from like every question that I had about her business, how it would work, her opinion on like our future, um, what she had done up to this point, et cetera, all the way down to like personal stuff, like personal boundaries, how we work best, like strengths and weaknesses. And we both just went through and like filled out the document. We kept meeting in person and everything. We also tried to figure out like, okay, when something goes wrong, like, of course it's like raising money. Like I wasn't going to be able to truly like figure out how to get better until I started doing it. So I know decision-making, like we can't plan everything in advance, but like, how do we make decisions together? If we're disagreeing, like, what does that mean? (laughs) Um, So it's a lot of just conversations and now we're getting into the legal component, which like the lawyers, they know what they're doing there. So just hire a really good lawyer. (laughs) But is, but you guys are not, so are you creating a parent company that would, that would then, uh, both of your individual companies would fall under? Kind of where, so she would essentially, um, because we've gone to the B Corp and we've gotten certified by WBE and C, like we've done some of those things. She's going to shut down her entity and join ours, but we're coming at it as 50, 50, owners and then um so that will kind of be the parent company her marketplace is a little more curated than ours so Mm. we will have two like versions one which is just ours which will have everything and then like a more curated version of that but there's no like parent company with two separate entities we're like actually merging and we might create other businesses after this through this and this would become the parent, but there's no like holding company. Gotcha. 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 Yeah. That's always interesting. And even, uh, at change creator here, we've, we've discussed a few potential mergers and, um, it can get a little tricky, but it's nice. Like we've, we've done like work partnerships with people over, you know, a few months on things, see how, how the workflow is. Cause you never know, right. Until you really get into it with somebody. <laughs> all, yeah, All totally. the stuff you mentioned about, you know, decision-making and different opinions and how you handle all that stuff. And then just, are they reliable? Right. <laughs> it's like, totally. Yeah. It makes a big difference. It makes a big difference. Yeah, so tell us a little bit more then about like the next 12 months or so, what we can expect. I think we have a little bit of sense of where you're going with things, but just um, what are we looking at and anything, any big changes? So the next 12 months really trying to, so last year 
was hard. It was the first year. First year, I mean, second business, first one was tiny, but still the first year is always really hard for me at least. Um, And now we've built the basics. So a lot of improvements on what we've already done. So we want to do, we've never done branding or anything like that. We've mainly focused on tech and getting the vendors last year. So like doing a complete rebrand so that our customer facing marketplace is more attractive um, really drilling into marketing and figuring out like how can we generate sales for these vendors? That's number one. And then, of course, the back end of our website needs a lot of work, and there's a lot of different like plugins that we want to provide for our yeah. vendors. So more of that too. Gotcha. Okay. Cool. Well, I want to just be respectful of our time here and make sure that you get a chance to give a shout out. You guys could check out all the amazing products that they have um, and how they work. They have their whole, um, you know, ethical production standards outlined and the process um, and then FAQs and stuff like that. So you could check that out under the about us on their website. And uh, Sydney, I'll let you give a shout out. What's the best way for people to learn more, get involved, all that kind of stuff? So, yeah, visiting our website, www.faire.shop. But, I mean, I'm also, like, a very available person. I really like connecting to people. So if there's anything you wanted to talk to me about, um, especially if you're trying to start a marketplace, I'm available at sydney at fairinc.com. So S-Y-D-N-E-Y at fairinc.com. Awesome. All right, guys. So check her out doing lots of good work. And um, it's exciting that you have a B Corp uh, status. It looks like is that still pending or do you guys get cleared yet? Oh, it's still pending. We uh, we sent in our application in February. So any day now. Nice. That's a big process. So congratulations. Yes, I, it is. I'm excited for you to get that cleared. <laughs> yes, me too. Thank you. <laughs> All right, Sydney, thank you so much for your time and sharing your experience and congrats on the raise and the, and the wins that you've had so far. It has, you've only been doing this for two years. So I think, you know, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, well, thank you. I appreciate it. Definitely. All right, we'll talk soon. That's all for this episode. Your next step is to join the change creator revolution by downloading our interactive digital magazine app for premium content, exclusive interviews, and more ways to stay on top of your game. Available now on iTunes and Google Play or visit changecreatormag.com. We'll see you next time where money and meaning intersect right here at the Change Creator Podcast. 